This is a Rooster Teeth production. In 1953, unbeknownst to the general public, the CIA conducted experiments on both the general population and government employees regarding the possibilities of things like mind control and hypnosis. Americans were dosed with LSD, oftentimes against their will or without their knowledge. The project was ultimately shut down in 1973 and did not become known to the public until afterward. Today, we dive into the complex mystery of Project MKUltra. This is Red Web. Welcome back, Task Force, to another Mystery on Red Web, the show all about the unknown, the unsolved, true crime, cryptids, mysteries galore, sometimes on the internet. I'm your host, Trevor Collins, and joining me as always, the other host, my other half, coming in with his gut instinct, Alfredo Diaz. I've heard a little bit about this. Mm -hmm. We've done hundreds of episodes. Millions. This? Of seconds. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I wait. Hold on. I quantify differently. Well, you got to go find those other you, you episodes. Know, you know. <laughs> um, this honestly is probably up there with the most terrifying. Truly, because you know something like this is. Look, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. this damn podcast. <laughs> Every week he unravels more. <laughs> Christian. Uh, it's getting to me. Okay, so you damn well know there's okay, something yeah. to this capacity happening. Today. Against our will, and we just don't know about it t- exactly mm-hmm. today. Don't drink the tap water, and, and Fredo. It's, it's all like, oh, could like ghosts could be real, could not be, and like obviously murder cases, all that kind of stuff, <gasps> very terrifying. Yeah, but, but like, will not happen to majority of people. There's gotta be. Look, I I know I sound <laughs> out there, but there <laughs> just. There's gotta be something that the government is doing to us that we just don't know about, uh-huh. and. I'm usually calm, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm usually need you to I'm, calm down. I'm not usually this person. Sorry, man, you're just, I, just, I just feel like, how is there not, right? And then you look at the MK Ultra stuff, and you're just like, how is, you know, they, they didn't just go, ah, we can't do that no more. Mm-hmm. They're still going in oh, some yeah. way, shape, or form. That's the thing is, this was Probably in Probably digitally, just tracking everything, but like. Right, right. There's digital forms of this very same thing. Mm-hmm. There could be versions of this parallels of what we're going to talk about today now yeah the, oh my god there, there's so much to talk about this is our first episode recorded here in the new year we batched yes. a few uh so welcome to 2023 we've already everyone. been releasing them this year but so we're we're really diving back into it and um there's a few things to respond to here first of all this is the perfect opportunity we i'm sure we're gonna have a lot of new listeners on this particular episode right. this is a big topic i'm so stoked we're finally Hello, covering welcome. it We've talked about this as a theory for things like Mothman, one of our linchpins in this show, yeah. a centerpiece Everything to our red web. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's our seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, except it's <laughs> seven degrees of Mothman. Everything relates back to Mothman. But there's a few other things, too. This is a perfect opportunity for me. Normally, I'm well-informed. This research is usually done by Jillian and the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Christian, the chair, is going to take a more active role this episode because I'm going to be reacting alongside you, Alfredo, to some of the oh. extra information because there's a lot going on and, and the team did their best job to try to keep it all straight. There's there's yeah. a lot of conflicting information, as always, with these right, unsolved yeah. uh, you know, topics, but there's classified stuff, there's anecdotal stuff, there's documented stuff. And so we're going to try to dump it all out there in the most concise manner but 
I also want to say there's some very disturbing subject matter revolving around human experiments within this episode. So with all that said, I think this is the perfect opportunity for me to dive into this with you reacting. Yeah. And another thing you kind of tipped my brain off to was the government could be doing stuff akin to this right now. Yes. And in recent episodes, recent episodes, you and I have talked about UFOs, UAPs, and, and, and et cetera. And, uh, in those episodes, we've said, you know, they've declassified all sorts of stealth aircraft back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, et cetera. And yep. those could be the cause for those UAPs oh, at yeah. that time. Well, guess what? I think it was only but a few months ago, a month or two ago, no. that a new stealth bomber was just recently declassified. Oh, okay. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Christian, I tried to look it up just in this this last couple seconds. The B-21 Raider might be it. Very similar to the B-2 in shape. Uh, that triangular shape, but it just underscores your exact point. The things that we talk about, that's what makes me so fascinated to talk about these things. Yeah, I love mm -hmm. really stretching the realms of reality and going, maybe what if, but I also love the morbid truth that could right. be underlying our normal sober world. Yeah. And with that said, I think we should dive into Project MK Ultra. We should, but uh -huh. real quick, okay. I think my adjacent fear to this. Okay. Okay. All right. This is up there. Adjacent fear. Okay. Is, you know, you damn well know there's some scientist somewhere that's getting overly buff, right? Pushing the limits of his <laughs> and buffness. And you know what I'm going to call him? Adjacent born. Adjacent born. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he's pushing the limits of his buffness. Yes. Experimenting with some type of bacteria or chemical or something <gasps> that is just like, who's to stop someone from... I don't Creating know. Creating the Powerpuff it's Girls. Just <laughs> right. Chemical. Okay. You, just you can like, tell it's our first episode. We're goofing on. <laughs> yeah. But Welcome I'm to just, Red I'm Web. I'm just saying like oh, building building something, experimenting with chemicals, I'm bacteria, with infections, diseases. and Absolutely. Uh, the, that's the thing that is so, more again, morbidly fascinating is that it rides the line of deep conspiracy or yeah. morbid reality. Yeah. Yep. Because... You could easily spiral off into conspiracy theorist tinfoil hat realm, or you could easily tumble into, nope, that was declassified yesterday. And you go, right. oh my God. Yep. Also, bear with me. I'm coming off a bit of a, a little case of food poisoning. And so if I'm a little winded throughout this, it is what it you is. You know why. All right. But with that said, I think we should dive into Project MKUltra. All right. So we're going to start with the reveal and the background of this project before we really go all the way back. So... December 1974, journalist Seymour M. Hirsch wrote an article for the New York Times titled Huge CIA Operation. I have to read this in all caps. Like it right, is. Yeah. Huge CIA Operation Reported in U.S. Against Anti-War Forces Other Dissidents in Nixon Years. Go ahead and control F dissidents, copy, paste, right. define in Google. What does that mean? Uh, yeah. Chair. Chair? Dissident? Dissidents? <laughs> you read that to me and I went... It means something. <laughs> <laughs> Someone mean, went, got it. Yeah. A on. dissident is a person who opposes official policy, especially that of an authoritarian state. Got it. Uh, okay. So we have some uh, political strife and a huge CIA operation reported. So the article itself alleged that the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, had been surveying U.S. citizens and had intelligence files on about 10,000 U.S. citizens since the 1950s. This included opening mail, wiretapping, following, 
photographing, and even break-ins. So this isn't just a simple case of- Very invasive. Very invasive, and I know we're very numb to this these days because we go, "Uh, everything's on the internet and digitally tracked. I'm sure we all have gigabyte files somewhere in a black vault somewhere. Yeah. But you gotta remember, we've been acclimated to that 1984 business. This is the 50s through the 70s, and people are being wiretapped, but also followed, photographed, broken into. So this is a, a pretty big bombshell of an article. Like, what do you need to break in to get? I don't... Yeah, what are they looking well, for? Well, I guess That's the wiretap? Que- yeah, like, what are they seeking? It's a very good question. And then also, yeah, the follow-up is, what are they seeking? Mm-hmm. So for context, let me read an excerpt from this article. Quote, Under the National Security Act of 1947, setting up the CIA, the agency was forbidden to have police subpoena law enforcement powers or internal security functions inside the United States. Those responsibilities fall to the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which maintains a special internal security unit to deal with foreign intelligence threats. Basically saying the CIA was formed not too long before this whole program went down and it wasn't meant to investigate internally, but rather internationally. True. From external threats, right? Two things. CIA mm-hmm. came onto the scene and just started swinging. Oh, they went big like fast. They went big hard and hard fast. Mm-hmm. Secondly, and I love saying this because, you know, you have in all those crime shows, looks like they're stepping on the FBI's jurisdiction. Oh, yeah. This is my crime scene. Yeah. Door kicks in. No. This is my crime scene. Detective <laughs> Johnson, this is my scene. My jurisdiction. Actually, it's mine. Timothy Bolters. <laughs> Step down, gentlemen. <laughs> My God, it's bolters. Anyway. (laughs) So in response to the article, as you can imagine, I'm sure people are going, whoa, huge eyebrow lifts here. But in response to this article in 1975, President Gerald R. Ford commissioned investigations on the CIA, starting with the Rockefeller Commission and followed by a more thorough investigation with the church committee. You know, I want to say, too, this is just uh, me slipping on the tinfoil hat for a minute. We don't hear about the Rockefellers much anymore. No. These big name families, this big money Mm -hmm. center of a lot, big money center of a lot of industry names that are kind of at the heart of a lot of these nefarious conspiracies. Uh, Mm. Some of them more truth than conspiracy, even maybe an episode in and of itself. But they've kind of all disappeared into the background. I never hear anything about them anymore. Um, but yeah, these are big, powerful families that made their money on things like oil or other various industries throughout the 20th century. But I digress. So the CIA is just going absolute feral mode. And, and so like the president now is like, I'm going to investigate you. Essentially. Yeah. The, that, this article comes out, alleges all this stuff about the CIA. Yeah. And then President Ford says, oh, OK, let's let's look into, let's this. Look into this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is that's a little that's a little nutty. Yeah. That like. We're disjointed like that. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, what? We formed you, and then you're going wild. Yeah. And so, like, I'm, like, off the rails, and now the president's like, oh, I got to look into this. Like, what are you doing? Checks and balances, baby. I appreciate it. I love yeah. to see it. Now, yeah. I don't want it to have needed to happen. Right. But I feel like I grew up so sheltered that I'm like, ah, oh, the government, homogeny, synergy, it works together. But, it, I mean, historically, even to this day, there are definitely times where the FBI... The executive branch, CIA, whatever, are all almost at each other's throats. And like mm-hmm. my like summer child attitude is like, oh man, no. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a good thing because you want to make sure that 
all the Everyone's pieces of the government. Checking each other. Exactly. And, but it also yeah. is kind of like a dang, I, it sucks that that needs right. to happen. I thought at most it'd be stepping on each other's toes. Sure. Like you see in like sure. crime overreach. shows. Yeah. Oh, you overreach. Not, why or... are you looking into our citizens right. this thoroughly? Like what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So in 1975, the church committee that I recently referenced uncovered a project called MK Ultra. Now, again, to reiterate, this was within the confines of investigated the CIA. So they uncovered this project called MK Ultra, in which the CIA had been conducting experiments on human beings through the use of drugs, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, and much, much more. In January of 1973, all documents related to the MK Ultra were ordered to be destroyed by CIA director at the time, Richard Helms. This was a result of the events of the Watergate scandal and fear that more information would be released. Because of all that going on in the political sphere, the CIA is like, let's burn our other dirty laundry to make sure we don't continue to be uncovered. I just like when drug dealers get raided and they just start throwing drugs down the toilet. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like the government's like, quick, burn everything. Or it's like every episode of Cops when they're chasing somebody who's speeding down the highway and they yeah. start chucking paraphernalia out the window and you're like, <laughs> yeah, says, come on, we see it. Yeah, we see it. <laughs> we're, pick that we're up. just going to go grab <laughs> right. it. It's not going to dissolve within a matter of minutes. <laughs> just <laughs> phew, disappears. So after a break-in, I'll just give you a brief synopsis here. After a break-in at the Democratic National Committee in 1972, it was revealed that the White House was involved and uh, tried to cover it up. As well as wiretapping and other illegal activities, to aid the re-election of President Richard Nixon, this led to Nixon resigning to avoid being fully properly impeached. Now, coming back to MKUltra, the remaining documents were discovered when all documents that could be related to MKUltra were obtained from a retired records center after a Freedom of Information Act request in 1977. Once again, the Freedom of Information Act comes in handy. Yeah. Just regular citizens, perhaps, reaching out saying, hey, because of this act, we're looking for this to be declassified or at least publicly made available. There, the last documents were found misfiled, and much of them are financially related, but they include important details such as the scope of the project, names of the people and institutions who worked on the project, which then allowed for deeper and further investigation into MKUltra. Some of the files included project proposals, some memos, things like that. Without this filing error, the extent to which we know about MKUltra would have been much more limited. And so it's due to this subtle clinical error that we know as much as we do know. Ooh, somebody messed up mm -hmm. big time. <laughs> yeah, watch your post-it notes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is, that's the stuff you see in cinema. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like if this Filing hasn't been made error. a movie, this is a movie in the making. Right. What was the other? There was another topic we covered that we said this is absolutely a movie. We need Red Web Films out here. <laughs> we are the movie podcast about <laughs> mysteries. Red Web Films, a spinoff branch. Just short stories. Um, but yeah, you're totally right. Some small error. It, but that also, while I'm grateful once again, I, I have this very conflicted feeling because what does that then say about things we don't know? That, yep. Oh. With proper mm -hmm. clerical work, mm -hmm. what's been mm -hmm. hidden? Ugh. You know, there's a just like a mountain pile of things that the government's just like, thank God they don't know. Or, oh my God, yeah. could you imagine if they knew? Oh, yeah. Oh. It, it's just like, I mean, I don't know much about the financial world, if I'm honest, but it's just like six or seven months ago, 
some financial institution, some brokerage was being investigated. And just about that time, their warehouse somewhere in the U.S. burned down completely and thoroughly with all their paper backups. That's And I'm like, oh, good oh, timing. You know, the protective measures didn't work mm-hmm. and everything just so happened to burn ever so brightly. Oh, yeah. Just uh, so these things happen. These things happen. And that's where I, you know, I go to bed at night going, Barbara, my partner, I go, Barbara, am I a conspiracy theorist or is this world really scary? <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's just a dark, dark time. There's so <laughs> like, much unknown. Yeah. So ultimately, these new documents coming to light led to Senate hearings that expanded on the previous investigations that happened in the earlier 70s. And so, like I said, now we have, to this day, a lot more knowledge. So during World War I, the U.S. government believed that the Soviet Union was testing some sort of mind control, particularly with the drug LSD. And the CIA was aware that Nazi scientists were using mescaline, a drug similar to LSD, on victims in concentration camps in World War II. Like I said, this stuff gets very, very dark. MKUltra was led by chemists Sidney Gottlieb and his deputy Robert Lashbrook. Gottlieb believed that they could create a truth serum of sorts as an interrogation tool using the new experimental drug LSD. Remember, at this time, it wasn't a recreational drug purely. It was new. It was uh, psychedelic in effects, heavy psychedelic effects, and it wasn't properly understood. And so governments everywhere were, for better or worse, poking at it. What can it do? Can it get the truth out of people? Can it change their mind? Can it? What else? I mean, it's a double-edged sword, right? Absolutely. Uh, Obviously, they're going to want to take advantage of it. But at the same time, you'd want your government having full knowledge and understanding of this, mm-hmm. just in case uh, there was to be a mass exposure or an attack oh from, a, from a from a different country. Yeah, it's just like I said, double edged, right? Very double edged, very very hairy stuff. But this ultimately led, uh, funny enough, to the CIA purchasing all available LSD in the world at that time. In the world, as much as they could get their little hands on. Their baby so, hands on. But yeah, they're very tiny little mitts. Yeah. Um, I thought you were gonna say in the country. That is so I mean, I guess like at the same time, who cares? But then at that point, doesn't every wasn't there isn't there like some countries that are gonna be like, no. And I, then I, I guess it's a, is it a buyer's market at that point? Right. I, you know, I don't know. That's true. It's like also where is it being sold and everything like that? It's just in, it's just wild because it seems yeah. like such a mass purchase and also such like a public purchase. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think it has to be public. It's also, and forgive my ignorance, those who know this arena a little bit better than me in the task force, but LSD is not a natural substance, much like you might hear of something like THC or opiates. It is purely synthetic. It is created in a lab. And so what they could mm. do is set up relationships with labs across the world to create pipelines. Much like, again, looking at World War One and Two, we took infrastructure and retooled it to make weapons and yeah. vehicles and things of that nature. So okay. I'm sure that's yeah. kind of what happened. And so they could keep that off the books. Companies could look like pharmaceutical companies, but instead actually be doing this oh. and just kind of cook their books and change yep. the names. And no, 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 we're making antibiotics or whatever. Wild stuff. But Gottlieb also believed that LSD itself could entirely erase the mind of an individual in order to implant a new one. We joke a lot about using movie analogies, but this... The perfect analogy is uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. You know, uh, using whatever tools necessary to wipe the mind, to rewire the brain, rewire the brain to create a sleeper soldier, as it were. 
That's scary. And you know this was going down across the world, especially at this time. Oh, yeah. It was just a race to figure out what this drug can do. Mm -hmm. There, There are races that inspire progress in the scientific community such as the space race we want to get to the moon we want to learn about the sun and the stars and yeah and and we created so much amazing invention by looking upward and then there's races like this that inspire fear yeah and i don't know how much progress we're making by doing this it's um but but then again to go back to it's like would you want your government to not know anything about it Mm-hmm. It's like it's so different. There's so many different ways and it's, angles and everything. Absolutely, it's, like it's if, a knife's if, edge. If enemy countries are researching the hell out of it, do you just go? No, 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 no. It's unethical. Don't do it. But then it's just like it's just. But then so, what if your enemy does? Right. At what point do you have to cross that threshold? And yeah. how? I don't know. Yeah, not for us to decide or or weigh judgment on, but but definitely that's what gives the sick feeling to this one, you know. But but the CIA wanted to use LSD in the end uh, and other drugs in espionage, you know, spying Mm -hmm. on other uh, countries and whatnot, getting intel information, especially with enemy captives. This project, as I mentioned, began in 1953, and under the MK Ultra Project umbrella. There were more than 150 research projects that were led across the United States, including at universities, many of which did not know the truth of the project that they were actually researching for. Enter the fire sale of Die Hard. Yeah. You know, whatever one that was, where you basically take the truth, fraction it up a bunch Uh, uh, across a bunch of different scientific communities, let them tell you A, that party tells you B, a different party tells you C and D. And then some other cabal puts it all together and um yeah. and it's like so you wild. only have a fraction and you don't know much mm-hmm. it's unclear exactly how many people were tested on since the cia attempted to destroy most of mk ultra related documents when the program officially concluded in 1973. the full extent of the project is unknown due to the destruction of these documents but more than 20,000 documents are available to this day so that only raises the very very obvious question how many were destroyed, and if this, if we know this much, how much do we not know? 20,000 documents, and that's just like what seems to be the smaller piece that survived. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is... They're going at it. This is a true iceberg, and um, I really want to, I really want to know, but I also don't. Right. Yep. Thousand percent. (laughs) Tell me, tell me, but don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's the background. Let's dive into some of the experiments. And I do want to reiterate because now this is a true crime podcast. You know, when you strap into Red Web, you're going to get into some sinister stuff sometimes. But every now and then we do stumble across some stuff that is particularly sinister and nefarious. And so again, I want to reiterate, there were some pretty uh, gruesome human experiments that went down. And so I want to give that again here at the top as we dive into the experiments of Project MKUltra. Now, according to journalist Stephen Kinzer, Gottlieb's experiments to mind control were a process. Quote, First, you had to blast away the existing mind. Second, you had to find a way to insert a new mind into that resulting void. We didn't get too far on number two, but he did a lot of work on number one. I just, how do people even sign up for that? It just, you tell them half-truths to like soldiers or citizens, and then you just expect like it's all super unethical. I think that's the point, and, and we're about to get there in the in the notes. But I'll jump right to it to answer your question, because that that's that's the question that's been itching at the back of my mind. Because me, as a hopeful citizen, wants to know 
ah, oh, you got sign-offs, you got NDAs, you got, you know, whatever, permission slips from mom, but like, yep. it really wasn't that way. These were unwitting subjects, such as prisoners. Patients in a psychiatric institute, for example, were, were a part of this. People who were struggling with drug addiction. Um, sometimes people were just pulled into this because of the unfortunate events of their lives. So yeah, it, these weren't willing or knowing oh, subjects. It, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, I knew it was going to be scummy no matter which way, but that's really bad. Yeah. And of course you have, uh, and this isn't any better, but captives, enemy captives from yeah. other nations and stuff were also in some of these pools. But Gottlieb had very little supervision and ha had essentially free reign on these experiments. Uh, his supervisors were uninvolved to the umpth degree, essentially. And some reportedly were just totally uninformed on Gottlieb's actions and what he was doing. There were no attempts to seek outside approval on his processes. And so in those circumstances, with this type of goal in mind, wiping and reinserting a new mind, you can imagine things would get very dark very quickly. So I'm talking about, man, these buff scientists just doing way too many reps. Listen, you're and pushing the, and this the is threshold this... and what's physically allowed. Yeah, I know? mean, like this is the and this is under like the government. Imagine like people that just have the knowledge and resources mm -hmm. and have no political ties. Oh yeah, it actually brings to mind uh, a case we discussed before, Bob Lazar. Definitely a different subject matter, but that's why when we talk about someone who comes to the table and says, "Hey." Area 51 is investigating UFOs, is investigating aliens. We do have technology that we've reversed engineered. And some of the things that they said were subsequently declassified after yeah. they gave detailed stories. So episode. that's why I don't want to throw out stories like that with the bathwater because things like this come to the table that are factually proven mm -hmm. by released documents. And so that one is a little bit more kind of positive in a way it's just kind of like hey there's aliens and right. futuristic technology which gets my mind wondering mm -hmm. this again different topic yeah. but in may of 1953 richard helps held a staff meeting which the chief of technical services staff attended during this meeting helms warned the agency of the dangers of lsd and required that he be contacted anytime that it was going to be used CIA officer Frank Wisner sent a memorandum to the technical services, which would require approval of any use of LSD. So suddenly now I think we're going, hey, this Heavy is... restrictions. Yes. There's some uh, wild stuff going on with this drug. Yeah. We need overhead approval. Yep. Check your LSD at the door. Absolutely. We need to know what you're doing with it, how you're doing with it, because this could go off the rails quickly. Gottlieb conducted the experiment without receiving these approvals from the technical services or director of plans. So now, not only was this person allowed to have free reign by their supervisors, but in the other sense, they just neglected any of the rails that they were given. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 there's no rules. Don't worry about it. So with that said, knowing the setup for these experiments, let's talk about it. So one of the first experiments was done in Kentucky by the National Institute of Mental Health. Those being treated for addiction were offered the drug of their choice if they took part in these experiments. What? what yeah. Wait, 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 what? Yeah, oh, let me reiterate, because I'm with you. Those being treated for addiction were offered the drug of their choice if they then signed up to take part in these experiments. Experiments that they didn't know about, what they meant, or what... They're bribing addicts with their vice. Get ready for it, Christian. That's completely f***ed up. It's very up, Christian. 
Yep. Got like, it. not only are you giving it to them, but you're feeding back into their addiction mm -hmm. as like payment. Right. That is, I don't even, that's just evil. That's what it is. That's evil. It's evil. Now listen to this. One patient was kept high on LSD for 174 consecutive days. I'm doesn't surprise me at half, this point. Half a year. Over half a year. Right. Because I'm well, sure they want to know the like limits of taking it. Sure. Right. How do you find that out? Right. Right. Like if we just keep dosing an individual with LSD, what are the limits there? Someone what walks happens? Up, oh my God. Like how do they deteriorate? How so? Right. Like, right. I think important questions if this is the route you want to take. But if I'm sitting in a dark room and someone's giving me a PowerPoint presentation or, you know, whatever on this is what the plan is, my immediate response is, all right, so how, how are you going to do it? Yeah. Are you like, when do you, you want to do it to yourself? Because if it's your idea, I feel like you got, you're the only one that knows what you really saddled in for. Yep. You got to have the stomach for it or you really need to declassify it. But anyway, uh, 174 consecutive days, almost half a year. Now, some people volunteered for the tests, okay? Thankfully, okay. there is some volunteering happening, but to but the, like, to the, what to do the, they know? Exactly. To what extent do they know what's really going on? You have Whitey Bulger, who we've talked about before uh, in the Gardner Museum heist episode. He was given LSD every day for over a year, believing that it was being used to find a cure for schizophrenia. So he's being misled, hence the volunteering. Man, all of this is so bad. Terrible. Military personnel and CIA employees themselves were also given the drug, sometimes without their consent, while others were more voluntary in nature. The CIA wanted to see what would happen when someone who didn't know that they had been given the drug in a normal setting had it outside of the lab. Right, because you would also want to be... test like placebo effects. Yes. And yeah, I mean, just... Absolutely. I mean, you're messing with the mind, right? Wiping it, rewiring it. If someone knows then they're more aware mm -hmm. of what's happening, at least to some extent, right? They're like, Absolutely. I'm, ta I'm taking something. It's going to do something to me. Yeah. As opposed to someone just going, you know, hey, my another I'm day, another me. For it. I just drank out of the water fountain. What, what am I thinking? I'm hydrated now. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. Placebo effect is, is wild. I love yeah, the idea a, of the placebo effect, but it's yeah. also like, you know, I'll use a, a less sinister one. There's an example that I read about a few years ago where... People were all kind of kept apart from one another, but they just lived their normal daily lives and they were just monitored. Group A exercised more thoroughly with a regimented schedule and diet. Group B didn't do anything different. They just documented what they ate and tried mm -hmm. to maybe eat a little bit better, but they yeah. didn't do any exercise. They just lived. Group C, this is where I started to get off a little bit, but group C allowed the placebo effect in by spending time every day thinking about working out. They didn't work out, they didn't change how they lived, but they thought about working out and literally imagined their body working out. And there was actually- That's an interesting group. That, that group landed somewhere between the workout group and the baseline group. And so that's a little bit more of an active placebo versus a sugar pill. Right. But there are some very powerful placebo results out there. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so fascinated yeah. by that. It's, it's so interesting and it's such a fun deep dive and- uh, the things that actually work out just out of placebo like effects mm -hmm. are things you just go, how is that possible? So before I get back into the notes, this is where, and I'm definitely jumping the gun. I'm sure this is in here because Jillian is very thorough, but and Gracie as well. But this is where the idea of the public comes into play and why this was a theory with Mothman uh, is because not only did they do this with the CIA, uh, but I think they also did this with the general public. 
And this is where, this is now the Mothman theory is like, did it, did it not happen? We knew it happened in the CIA, so maybe it happened with the populace. Um, either, either way, pin Mothman on the board. Stick him back on the board. <laughs> He's connected to Actually, more cases. Actually, he's probably now. on there already. Yeah, he's always so. Been. Just restick another. Always one. has been. <laughs> just, you know what? Put another Mothman next to that Mothman. Oh, thank you. But yeah. Anyway, let's dive back in. So some CIA employees would also take the LSD themselves, knowing that they were taking this, and fellow employees would then observe and take notes on maybe the general change in demeanor or activities or behavior. In a sub-project entitled Operation Midnight Climax, which I'm sure is way less sexy than it is or sounds. <laughs> Come on, someone knew what they were doing with oh, that yeah. one. Oh yeah, someone smiled when they wrote that down. The idea of the test subject being unaware of the experiment grew much more elaborate. The CIA created safe houses in San Francisco, California. Fredo, you got something to answer for here. What? Your what old year? stomping ground. Way before you and me. All right, there we go. You're clear. For now. <laughs> So the CIA created safe houses in SF over there in California to conduct these experiments with hidden two-way mirrors to monitor the results. You got to know if you're in a mysterious room with a mirror on it, someone's on the other side watching. Yeah, you know what scares me? Mirrors in hotels. Touch mirrors. I'm telling you right now, touch a mirror. Every time I do this, I know it's silly, but it takes two seconds. It Anytime does, it I does. go to a hotel or a changing room or yep. anything, touch the mirror. Look at your reflection. If you can touch fingerprint to fingerprint like you can with your fingertips mm -hmm. if they touch there's a high chance that is it's a two-way mirror but if you touch a normal mirror yeah and it doesn't you, touch each other it'll be a good You're mirror very close yeah it'll be very close if it's a cheap mirror mm -hmm. if it's a solid mirror like at your house probably it'll be like uh, maybe centimeter half a centimeter yep. probably actually that's an easy way to check yeah i do that. Like that just just in case mm -hmm. I take a hammer to him. <laughs> uh, and then I say, you got my card. <laughs> I'm very unlucky. That's what the card on file is for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a gift card. It's got 25 bucks, but it's on It's on there. Man checks in with, well, he puts the card and the hammer on the counter. No, don't worry about that. That's, yeah. that's for me. Yeah, Here's yeah, yeah, what yeah. you need. I'm a general contractor, <laughs> generally speaking. So coming back to it now, and there's actually a reason for Operation Midnight Climax being the name. And this is where I tip my hand and reveal, obviously, that I've been reacting alongside you this episode. But the way this works and the reason why it had this name is the CIA created these safe houses, like I mentioned. But what they also did was they hired sex workers to operate essentially out of these safe houses. The sex workers would bring their clients to these safe houses, and then the experimenters would give these clients the LSD. And so these clients of the sex workers would be unknowingly dosed with these LSD doses and they would be the ones observed. So wait. Kind of like a honeypot in a really <laughs> twisted way. Yeah. So LSD is what? In liquid form, I'm assuming? Yes. Usually it's like soaked into like a paper and that's right. what tabs are when you see Got that in movies. It. Okay. But yes, it's otherwise. And I'm sure liquid. other ways just like a little dropper yes. or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just how are they secretly dosing them? That's a really good question. Now you could put it in water. Is well, yeah, commonly what yeah, happens. Yeah. It's not like you're injecting somebody. Uh, now the spooky thing about the CIA. Yeah. Now the spooky thing about LSD, and I read about this in an article probably a decade ago. And the reason why people put it in the tabs and paper is because it keeps it locked and it keeps it less volatile, as it were. Mm. Uh, because I read a story about some gentleman. I don't know what the situation was, but he had a little vial of it in his pocket or something, and it smashed. Oh. And the way LSD works is it can absorb, its bioavailability is, it can go the, through your skin. skin. Yeah. yeah. 
And so he had a massive overdose and trip. I don't know if he made it or not. Uh, unfortunately, I don't remember. But that's what I, I've always remembered that. That is a very interesting little tidbit. Mm -hmm. And so it could be as simple as like something akin to a nicotine patch where yeah. something is placed on them. But also, again, in these environments, uh, these are unsuspecting people. And if they are working with a sex worker right. and that sex, this is a person that they're trusting, uh, that person could give them something, uh, whether yeah. it be a drink or an, a substance or whatever. So I'm, I don't really know for sure. Christian, do we know if, if we know how this was actually given to people? No, not from what we could see. Okay. It was just that the the sex workers brought clients back to the safe houses and, you know, somehow the clients, them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oof. Yeah. So yeah, that's, um, that's Operation Midnight Climax. Now, jumping country, actually, an unknown amount of experiments funded under MKUltra happened in Canada, including Subproject 68 at the Allen Memorial Institute of Montreal by Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron. There is sadly even less information available on what became known as the Montreal experiments, but we do know that something happened in Montreal, probably sinister in nature to yeah. the subversion, the the lies and manipulation that happened there in San Francisco. Yeah, none of this was done in a good way. Oh God, no! <laughs> so oh God, no! There's definitely like deception and smoke and mirrors going on. Very much so, and taking advantage of people yep. and taking advantage of trust and uh, oh boy. Now, in the process of what became known as depatterning, Cameron attempted to wipe the minds of patients similar to Gottlieb. So, this depatterning included electroshock therapy, terrible stuff. I'm sure we've seen yeah. it in pop culture all over the place, but also sensory deprivation, covering the ears, the skin, the eyes, essentially removing any sensory input, and using sleep rooms where patients were put into medically induced comas through the use of hallucinogenic drugs. Another technique actually was called psychic driving, where messages were repeatedly played as patients slept against their will. Ugh. Sounds very, very familiar to very known methods of torture, Yeah, to say the least. I mean, repeated sounds and uh, songs and phrases, yep. enough to drive anybody it, um, it just, bonkers. At this point, anyone that's involved in the experiments in any way, shape, or form is just in a world of hurt. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I thought you were going to say the other side. Anyone involved in hosting these experiments, morally corrupt, oh, oh, ethically yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah. Every which way. Oh, yeah. Now, an example of this, because, again, we're, we're really trying to, in our research, find at least the sure path of fact between fiction here. And yes, there are declassified documents, but there is a very strong example of this happening. The family of victim Esther Schreier came forward with her story as someone who was depatterned when she simply attempted to seek help for her postpartum depression after being pregnant with her son, Lloyd. So here you have a very unfortunate example of somebody who was going through something very normal, seeking help for that, and instead found herself in a depatterning experiment after her pregnancy. And you know, the messed up thing is, I'm sure they went, oh, this will be a fascinating subject. I'm sure they like, were. I'm because, sure they're like, perfect. Right. We're like, I don't, we don't either don't have or don't have many test subjects that have come from like fresh out of a pregnancy. You're totally right. I'm uh, sure you are, which is grotesque. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, even less information is available on the detention centers in Japan, Germany, the Philippines, and other countries around the world where the CIA experimented with LSD and sensory deprivation on people being held for interrogation. 
With this in mind, it could be fair to assume that these governments were not involved or even aware of these activities taking place. I do want to say that at least. Yeah. Finally, in 1963, man, they like these years with the threes. Gottlieb decided that mind control wasn't possible. After a decade of trying to wipe and reinstate new mindsets into people. That same year, a member of the CIA Inspector General staff, John Vance, discovered MKUltra and testing on unwitting victims ceased. We know that this went on for another 10 years, so that's interesting. So they just went deeper underground? There's, I'm trying not to spoil the outline, there's, the project did manage to continue in certain <sighs> ways. God. <laughs> I mean, for a second there, I had a glimmer of hope. I mean, yeah. still 10 years of terribleness, but all right, so it seems like, yeah, and another 10 years of going the basement below the basement. Right. So the continuation of MK Ultra became a new project. They didn't even try to hide it. Uh, MK Search. Wait, what? They have a new project now to basically Indiana Jones, the sandbag right. and the golden statue. MK Ultra's out. MK Search is the new project name. Just they were they too lazy to rename all the files? I guess. Like, I don't know. So MK Search had two sub projects, MK Often and MK Chickwit. MK Often dealt with, quote, testing the toxicological transmissivity and behavioral effects of drugs and animals and ultimately humans. I nailed those pronunciations. Yeah, you First did. time. Damn. I feel never been smarter. <laughs> and then MK Chickwit, very interesting name, was, quote, concerned with acquiring information on new drug developments in Europe and Asia and with acquiring samples. Acquiring new drug information on new drug developments in different continents. Hmm. Seems like basically taking this show on the road, but yeah. with new and maybe, air quotes, improved drugs. It sounds like it's gearing up to be much worse. It does. To be honest, let's it sounds like to they're be completely like, real. It, they, it sounds like they need to decentralize is what they're thinking. We need to scatter this nefarious activity across the globe and go harder, faster. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ultimately, MK Search, again, that new name for MK Ultra had its funding ended in 1971, two years prior to the entire project itself ending, like I mentioned, in 1973. Well, hello, Task Force. Allow me to pause the MK Ultra density. Man, this was a dense one, but a juicy one. I thought I knew MK Ultra until we got into the research, and this one is fantastic. Hey, it's me, Trevor Collins, as always, talking to you directly in this little brief moment of levity in the mix of the mystery at hand. For those who continue to outpour their love by way of supporting us with the reviews and just chatting with us on social and staying engaged and talking with us, being an active member of the task force, thank you so much. With that said, I have some fantastic sponsors for today. This episode of Red Web is brought to you by Rocket Money. Everything is a subscription service these days, and that means a lot of us are paying for subscriptions we don't even remember we have. With Rocket Money, you can change that with a few quick taps. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about, like that free trial that you never even used and then totally forgot about, and then it started re-upping, and now you're paying for it. But that's where Rocket Money comes in. Rocket Money quickly and easily identifies your subscriptions, all you got to do is find the subscription you don't want and press cancel. 
and Rocket Money cancels it for you. Fredo, I know you've been using this. Tell me about it. So, I mean, the appealing thing to me, of course, is, is the subscription stuff. And it made me realize that I had about $60 worth of subscriptions that I don't use anymore. Dang. Um, one of them being Tidal, which is like a music app. That being said, it went further than that for me. Like I, you know, I have my bank account and then I have multiple credit cards and it, it was able to kind of consolidate all that information in one location. And I get these emails like every week telling me, hey, you spent $500 more on food this week than you did last week. And I'm like, why did I do oh, that? And I make adjustments and it allows me to actually like, it's, it's just very simple for me to see how much I'm spending in what category across so many different accounts and then also make the needed adjustments. So it's like valuable information that just gets sent to me like every week. I look at it and I go, awesome, spending too much on food. Let's like tone that down. So yeah, it's been fun. That's awesome. Uh, I really appreciate that convenience. Super easy, like Fredo was saying. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel those unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash redweb. That's rocketmoney.com slash redweb. And one more time for you, rocketmoney.com slash redweb. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by Shady Rays. New year, new gear, particularly gear that's built to last. Whether you're in the sun or on the slopes, our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and even more. Shady Rays is an independent company that offers a durable, world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair out there. Plus, they have an amazing protection plan. They back every pair of sunglasses with lost and broken replacements, so if you lose or break yours, even if it's the first day that you bought them, if you're out there hunting for Bigfoot, you trip on a rock and maybe Bigfoot kicks you with his giant toe and breaks your glasses, they'll send you a new pair. No questions asked. You don't have to validate the existence of a Bigfoot. They're not even going to ask. And if you don't absolutely love your pair, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. Of course, I love Shady Rays. I love the fact that they're all polarized. That's my favorite type of lenses, especially when you're out in the sun. If you're on the water, it helps prevent all of the glare coming off of the water. Uh, and I love to go on my, on my walks. You know, I've talked about that before. I go on my walks or my runs and I listen to music and I put on these Shady Rays because it prevents the sun here in Texas from beating down on my, my sensitive little corneas. And I really enjoy the fact that they have modern styles. So no matter what you're wearing, what your style is, they have something for you. So I really appreciate that part too. Exclusively for you, Task Force members, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com, use code REDWEB, and you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Once again, that's ShadyRays.com, use code REDWEB for 50% off two or more pairs. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. And with that, let's dive right back into the mystery. So with some of the specific experiments discussed, we're going to talk now about a man named Frank Olson. Throughout the many MKUltra experiments, there was at least one confirmed death of a test subject. The victim was 43-year-old Frank Olson, a scientist and CIA officer involved in MKUltra. Olson had a PhD in bacteriology and previously had been involved in developing biological weapons that could be spread through the air such as anthrax. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. 
Okay. Oh man, yeah. I don't like where this I is I mean, going. that's the kind of people the project would like attract. You right. know what I mean? Like who else would you get? Not only to understand it and study it, but oh God, do I have to say it? Weaponize it. Weaponize it. Yeah. Uh, oh, 100%. We're going to try to weaponize the hell out of everything. Oh, boy. Humans so, in general. Yeah. Aerosolize it, you know? Yep. All right. So his son, Eric, said that Olsen was emotionally affected by the positive results of his work since it resulted in the death of lab animals. He even suffered from ulcers as a result from the stress. Olsen and others drank a beverage laced with LSD. So there you go. There was one of the ways that it was commonly taken. Yep. Uh, but Olsen, like I said, and many others drank a beverage laced with LSD during a CIA team retreat in Maryland on November 18th through 20th in 1953. So this was at the very top. Wow. Okay. Olsen was not aware at the time that he had been given LSD. So there you go. The, the, the wild thing is Olsen seems like a valuable piece of the team. It does seem like a valuable piece. And just, just, you know, the vague outside looking in. Yeah. And yet this person is also secretly being dosed. Right. Here's our scientific foundation for experiments. Let's go ahead and scramble their brains. Like What? This unsupervised churlish activity. Wild. This is a crazy episode. Um, I'm gobsmacked. I'm this, trying to this, read the next line, is, and I'm just like taking this in. This is like I said. I wanted to like Christian and Jillian did a lot of extra effort on this particular mm-hmm. one, and I thought that this would be a good opportunity because I'm like I feel like I know MK Ultra. Right. Not no. Christian was like no no no. This is wide level. and it is, deep. It is dense. There's, there's a lot just, there. There's yeah. just no rules. No yeah. rules. They're 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 like. They're firing from the hip in the most chaotic way. Yeah. I don't even know what they're after now. Right. They're going after their main guy, it almost sounds like. To your point, Fred. I, I, All right. So let's get back to it. November 8th to 20th, there's a retreat. Now, you wouldn't suspect that when you're working with a drug of some kind that you are going to be the next subject or the first subject. But man, I, I don't know. Like if, if scientists, buff scientists all around the world are working on some stuff, but it just maybe... Keep your back against the wall. I don't know. I'm not trying to get you all scared or whatever, but like... I don't know, This man. guy became center to his own thing. Right. Okay. Now, it is worth mentioning, and I do appreciate that this is in here. Some sources do claim that they were informed about 20 minutes after the fact... Okay. Oh, so they weren't. Oh, come on. <laughs> it wasn't even. Before. I thought I was like, oh, okay, they were informed 20 minutes before. That's what I was hoping. And I read the sentence and <laughs> I reacted <laughs> in the moment. Come on. But now, other sources say otherwise. So uh, either way, it sucks. Uh, either, either way, way it's, it's a total blind sight. You exactly. don't tell me. Hey, exactly. You just gobbled up two doses of LSD. I'll be like, son, what? Yeah. That's enough for it to absorb. I can't, yep. I can't, I can't punching bag my uvula mm-hmm. enough to get this out of my stomach. <laughs> Start <laughs> shadow boxing the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, look, that, whether it's true or not, does not contest the fact that they were, they were given it without knowing. No. Like prior. Now that's legit scare right there. Now, when Olsen came back home that weekend, he was very quiet. And his wife reported that he claimed he had, quote, made a very grave mistake. Other odd behaviors included him being very jittery, distracted, having trouble sleeping and concentrating. Supposedly the effects were so strong, he even forgot how to spell. That's gnarly. Like really thinking about it, right? Yes, we've been talking about the experiments, how they experiment, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. At some point, they're gonna they're testing out like how much they can give someone, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're pushing the on like, their we, own we, scientists. Yeah, the the folks behind 
the, these are their guys. I just don't understand what the motive is behind that. I really don't know. And we'll never know. And I, and I go back to the cynical checking the boxes that you mentioned. Like, oh, we don't have a intelligent science guy. We don't have an administrator. Like they're trying to just see what it does to all caliber of right. demographic. I mean, just motive there is just like, if it's messing with the mind, the mind of someone that is like very hyper aware mm -hmm. of this and how it works and how it acts and like i don't know i don't know right yeah. having a, someone being dosed that has extensive knowledge of it mm -hmm. like, I, that's the yeah. only thing i can think of this this brings something to mind and this is just trevor speaking there's nothing in the notes this is just me being candid we are in 2023 there are a lot of emerging studies around all sorts of drugs lsd included i'm not here just by the way for anybody who might be knee-jerk reacting i'm not here to vilify any sort of drug or whatever. What's happening here are doses that we don't even know about. Nothing in doses of this caliber is healthy. That is the definition of too much. Yeah. You have too much water, okay? Yeah. So like, I just want to pause because some, something came to mind. We're not trying to vilify any of the subject matter that we're talking about here. There are emerging studies around things like psilocybin and how it can help with depression and PTSD and all sorts of things. So just something that came to mind. I just wanted to say that while I'm yeah. here in the moment. But again, we're working with doses that are experimental and beyond I mean, necessary. You right. know what I mean? And against people's will. Oh, exactly. Or they're there, not informed. So I just want to, you know, I just want to spell yeah. that. I just wanted to mention. There's that. a big difference. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's get back to uh, Doctor Olson here. So you got to the point where he couldn't even spell. My God. But after returning to work on Monday, this is after the retreat. Olson attempted to quit his job. Good on him. And when he was asked why, he said, quote, he was experiencing considerable self-doubt. Interesting, but a symptom someone's probably scribbling down in a pamphlet somewhere. Olson's supervisor, Vincent Ruit. I love that we have the names. Yeah. Vincent Ruit advised Olson to visit a CIA psychiatrist in New York, which he did uh, with Ruit and previously mentioned CIA chemist Robert Lashbrook. They all went to New York to see the psychiatrist. Lashbrook was also at the retreat and was also laced with the drinks of LSD with Gottlieb's supervision. So Lashbrook, for what it's worth, was also at the retreat with everybody. And he is the one that laced the drinks with LSD with Gottlieb's supervision. So now you have Dr. Olson, by his supervisor's recommendation, seeing a New York psychiatrist. So he goes there with his supervisor and the guy that laced the drinks. They're all heading to New York. That is a... Conflict of interest! That... Mm. Man! Oh, yeah. What a mixture. Oh, yeah. Now get this. Let's mix it up even more. Why Let's stir he, that pot. Why is he coming along? Why is he coming? And also this. Imagine... Our trust should be shattered by this point. The psychiatrist... Oh, of course. Of course. This doesn't surprise the me. The supposed psychiatrist here in what? New York was actually an allergist involved with the MKUltra project, Dr. Harold Abramson. It was unclear as to whether Olson was purposely misled about Abramson's true occupation or whether it was simply miscommunication. Though my personal opinion, based on everything I've known or read just here, uh, feels like a, another lie. All right. Lies beget lies. I was expecting that he was going to get dosed with LSD again. I wasn't expecting that, Hair of the dog kind that of the doctor stuff. wasn't really the doctor specifically used. Like, what did he do? Like, hey, we're on our way. Take down the like picture frames of all the cats and dogs and like mm -hmm. fields of grass. Yeah. In the allergen office. Like, 
I mean, come on, right? Like the office, I'm, you, I went to an allergy office. They have stuff there. It's like, oh, look, it's cute, but you get allergic to it. And like, not anymore. Not with not with uh, allergy shots. Wow, this is the most stark and spooky <laughs> right. office ever. Where's, where's that little scratch device? That, you know? I'm just saying, they have, have to like change it in some way. Where's the waiting there's, room? There's a ton of, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that talked about like, like you, know, you know, you go to a doctor's office. There's a ton of stuff up. Yeah. I'm sure they have to de-dress it in some way shape or form oh yeah now get this i i'm gonna say this and fredo i want that gut reaction i'm i know what you're gonna say but i need to hear it because i'm gonna give you another piece of information and i think it will color in the open-ended question again the question being was olson purposely misled about the true occupation of abramson or was it a miscommunication let's just say this abramson was the physically closest in all of the nation and all of the world he was the employee for MK Ultra that was physically closest, who also had the knowledge of both LSD's effects on people as well as MK Ultra. So basically saying he's the most convenient person with the right knowledge of the project, the drug, and he's as close, he's the closest person with all that. You know what I mean? Right. Now tell me, was he misled or was this a miscommunication? What do you think anyway? Because again, oh. we don't know. I mean, I mean, Look, we don't know, but come on. But come on, that's a that's a mislead. I mean, like, well, well, like you don't go to a basketball game and go, oh, is this really basketball? Like, it's, <laughs> right. it's like the, the court is there. The teams are going back and forth. It's 5v5. They're shooting balls into the net. Like, it's right. basketball, baby. You don't baby. take me to the nearest basketball court and say, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was going to be football. Right. <laughs> Good old yeah. pigskin. I just... God, man, this, you know, you, you don't want to assume, but this is just what I'm saying. This, it's hard not to let this be the worst, like analogy for life possible, because this is 1953. These are some s sincere and severe red flags coming yeah. up at the top of the game before 20 years of MKUltra task force. Let's turn this into a life lesson. You picture red flags of any caliber of any part of your life, whether it be lies and deceit or just uh, something smells weird, like the deli meat I shouldn't have had the other day. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it, it, listen to that red flag yeah. and get out. Okay, so Olsen now. This is all happening in essentially a week-long span oh, here in November. that's a rough week. Olsen returned home for Thanksgiving. The next day, November 27, he called his wife to say he was feeling better. Lashbrook said Olsen, quote, was cheerful and appeared to enjoy the entertainment and, quote, appeared no longer particularly depressed and almost the Dr. Olsen I knew prior to the experiment, end quote. Hmm. At this point, it would, I would not be surprised. It would not blow my mind if you were like, and the chef was a part of Project MK Ultra and doused the turkey with LSD. Right. You know what I mean? The like, family's personal come in, chef. Come on, man. Like, this is so, th that in itself, uh -huh. like if that were to be placed into your outline, mm -hmm. would not blow my mind. That's how absurd this whole thing is. Let's make it. Worse. What? what the hell do you mean to get worse? I Let's make it okay, worse. Okay, okay, okay. Like I said, I'm reacting with you. Gut instincts all the way. Okay. But I've glimpsed the next line and it gets dark. So let me take you back a second. And remember, we're talking about Lashbrook, the man who was on the retreat, the man that accompanied Olsen up to New York, the man that laced the drinks, the man who is now telling the wife that Olsen is fine. Everything's good. In fact, he seems better than ever. He seems like his normal self. Well, and very unfortunately, on November 28th, 1953, the next day, the next, that night, essentially, mm -hmm. at 2 a.m., in fact, 
Olson, quote, fell. I'm saying quotes because it's ambiguous, but fell 13 stories from his hotel window at the Hotel Statler. The doorman of the hotel found Olson's body and told the night manager who contacted law enforcement Olson was accompanied by Lashbrook, who police found seated on the toilet with his head buried in his hands. Lashbrook claimed that he had been sleeping and woke up when he heard a noise. The night manager... Like, I was sleeping on the toilet? I don't know if he was sleeping on the toilet, but that's <laughs> no, how he, he was found. Yeah, he oh. was sleeping. They were they were sharing a room uh, in separate beds. He was sleeping in bed, and then they found him on the toilet, not like using the bathroom, but sitting on the toilet in the bathroom, mm-hmm. head in hands. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Right. So the night manager looked into the call history coming from Olson's hotel room and found that someone in the room had called Dr. Harold Abramson, the very doctor, the allergist, or air quotes, psychiatrist that they had seen in New York. The caller from the room stated, quote, well, he's gone. And Abramson replied, quote, well, that's too bad. I mean, look, it's Ooh. it's it's like, it, they're not even, it's it's just so messy. It's so messy out in the open. It's like, you're just like, look, man, he fell down a flight of stairs onto some bullets, you know, Dude, like, yeah. it, it's just, it's just so obvious. Right. That, that it feels like, oh man. We've covered some dark stuff. Just That's just blindsiding. But that's just blindsiding and manipulation. Absolutely. And knowing, oh man, this is just like uh, heavy, 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 heavy. Yeah. An unwitting, unknowing victim through and through. Of course, you know, I, I do have to say like, or I do want to say like, we don't know everything that we don't know, but this is not a good line of facts. Yeah. What we do know. Right. It's not... It's not looking good for these three individuals here, no. nor the uh, project at large. No, I mean, the, Goodness. The, the next question is like, what happens to them? Did mm-hmm. they just get slapped on the wrist? Did nothing happen? Like, we'll, we'll dive into that, but I also want to say or ask Christian, 1963 was when this kind of bubbled up a little bit and got, hey, we can't be doing this anymore, right? Yeah, 1963 so, was uh, when it was all of the non-consensual drugging was yeah. discovered and essentially shut down, but the project okay. did continue for the next decade. So this piece in particular, not that this is any, I mean, this is bad. It's all bad. Mm-hmm. But was this known about at that 63 junction or was this not known about until maybe the 70s junction? Uh, or is that hard to say with the resources we have? With what we were able to find, I don't know if it was, if it was found out about and in 1963, it was not publicly revealed that it okay. was discovered. Yeah. Mm. I All I'm after there is, you know, the sinister nature it takes for a person to, with the knowledge of 10 years of this stuff, to, now nah, let's let's keep going, go harder, and obfuscate it further. Right. That, I mean, every, every like, piece twisted. of it just seems like, I mean, at this point, it really does seem like, I forgot the victim's name. Unfortunately, Dr. Olson. So at this point, there's been seemed, a lot of names. I, yeah, don't worry, yeah. At this point, it seems like Dr. Olson wanted out and they just didn't want to let that happen the easy way. That or or they encouraged it for silence. You, yeah, I don't. That's yeah. those are the little pieces that we will never, we'll never know, know, perhaps. Yep. But um, Olson was buried three days after his death in a sealed casket. Olson's family knew little detail about the nature of his death. All they were told was that Olson had either fallen or jumped to his death. That's all they knew. Because of the sealed casket, they were not able to view the body either. Now, we're going to flash way, way forward back into the 70s. In 1975, 
when the Rockefeller Commission released their report investigating illegal CIA activity, the Olson family finally, and this I guess answers my question, Christian, finally got some answers about Frank's mysterious death. The document references an unnamed individual that died as a result of drug testing in 1953. So the document itself is a bit ambiguous, Mm -hmm. perhaps even redacted, but when you connect the dots, especially with the knowledge the family had, it's pretty clear. Yeah, it's pretty clear. In fact, this is, to reiterate, the only death we can definitely and knowingly pin to this entire program. Oh, that is surprising. It's surprising that it continued after this point. This is the beginning of 20 years of this project. Well, they're already like off the rails at this point. Like, how do you even stop? Right. They're just unethical to the 10th degree. Mm -hmm. So the army, the army's involved now. The army consulted the CIA and confirmed that the unnamed individual was in fact Frank Olson. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, we know now, but, but this is kind of how it unfolded in the 70s. A colleague of Olson's contacted the family to inform them to basically confirm it all to give at least the family some closure. They didn't have to assume anymore. They knew. The Olson family received a personal apology from President Gerald Ford and were offered a $750,000 settlement to not file a claim against the U.S. government. In today's dollars, using inflation and and whatnot, this would amount to about $4 million in, in USD currency. I don't know if, and this is just, again, me speaking personally, this is my opinion. I don't know if any amount of money could properly settle that in any way and in fact especially given the nature of this whole program again with hindsight again with all this research now well known yeah i'd be going after the government i'm sorry i'm making a public stand i gotta blow this up personally yeah Yeah. that is the right thing that you also gotta take a look at the angles right like it like maybe maybe he would have wanted his family to be just not involved with any of that right right everything that's that, true everything everything that comes with that the public eye the harassment the, the level of the, people you would be dealing with right, at that time exactly i mean and it's it's like oh, look is it that there's that you can have multiple opinions i'm not saying this is my opinion sure, sure but like you know it could be a father just like look you don't want to get involved with these people obviously like the right thing to do is the right thing to do mm-hmm. but like take the money and just just let live, it rest let it like yeah like live out a good life yeah. you know what i mean like i don't be there's so many different miles away from right it. exactly I can imagine there's that, so many different ways point. you can spin it absolutely no that's a very good point especially you know being the parents of a family yeah right yeah um but yeah and then but, but even more cynically i'm just like first of all it's not the entire government it's clearly a a section of bad actors operating without supervision or breaking rules doing dark deeds etc no across parameters. the globe no parameters or dodging parameters yeah and then additionally you have to imagine right if they're willing to do these kind of things what else are they willing to do do you do you go after that you know that's you put yeah. yourself in harm's way in a sense i don't I know i mean like the, the more i think about it it's like i wouldn't want my family to no. be on the ma- on that map that's a great point a I, I just point. i just wouldn't Mm-mm. right if it was like I'm me sorry. alone I, i'll I'd go like, out you know i'll go out right. there and scream about it but, but just like your, your right. family mm-hmm. your wife your kids mm-hmm. to be put on that map that's so dangerous i yep if i was just me by myself or it's like a i don't know right like i don't right yeah don't poke that dragon essentially well the cia still denies that there was any foul play in frank olson's death of course yeah yeah though his family particularly his son eric who we talked about a little bit briefly before believe his death was defenestration i.e he was pushed out or thrown out the window again 
we don't know the facts and everything. I do want to try to be like, there's our opinions and then there's, there's objectivity. Yeah. And I don't yep. want to sit here and cast blame. It's, it, we just have heightened opinions and feelings here, mm -hmm. but uh, feelings aside, his sons, Eric and Nils exhumed their father's body actually in 1994 and requested a second autopsy, which raised suspicions about the real cause of death. Fascinating. I mean, that's the kind of stuff it's just in, you know, the episodes that we shoot. I go, man, that would be cool if that's what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, this is actually, yeah, mm -hmm. what happened. Yeah. So law and forensic science professor James E. Stars coming after that tangible evidence that you know we love. Mm. Now, he found it strange that the body did not have any cuts that would have occurred with falling through a glass window. So the way I was picturing this in Christian... Uh, help, I pictured it as a window was open. I pictured it as a window open or a balcony. But Christian, it sounds like this body went through a glass window that then shattered and Olsen then continued to yeah. their death, so i.e. So, looking for the cuts. So it sounds to me that the actual scene of the crime, the glass is shattered. Mm -hmm. And at that point, that's why the autopsy... You would imagine that... It, 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 like, should come through as there's cuts because yes. you don't just dive through a window without you know, right without oh absolutely not like no 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 god and it takes a lot of force to break a window like that 13 yeah. stories up so then the theory here is and again theory is that it, the glass was broken popped and then he went out the window that's yeah it's a very good theory and i don't know the nature of this window if it does open or doesn't open but I think we should leave it to Stars here because Stars, puzzled by his findings, told the press this, quote, It's not inconceivable that someone could have broken the window after he went through to make it appear as if he had gone through the window as a crazy person would. Again, quoting him here, I'm skeptical that anyone could clear a radiator, a 31-inch high windowsill, pass through a 3-by-5-foot window opening obscured by a drawn shade, all in the darkness of a hotel room at night. I mean, who's to say, though, that the lights weren't on and the shade was drawn? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of mm. goes into a lot of imagination there, surprisingly. Yeah, I'm just reading through this. That quote that someone could have broken the window after he went through to make it appear as though he had gone through a yeah, window. based on... So, like, is he saying it was opened and then the deed happened and then it was closed and shattered? Yeah. So, from what we could find, the official version of events is mm. that the window was closed at the time that he went through it. Got it. And so, what Stars is saying is that, you know, entertaining the conspiracy theory side of it is that he could have been killed, thrown out of an open window, mm. closed the window, and then Got broken it. it after the fact to help, like, obfuscate the yeah. evidence. Yeah. Because to his point, too, now... This window starts 31 inches high, just shy of about, what, three feet? So two and a half feet-ish. It's a three foot by five foot window. Okay. It's got a radiator. That's not, it doesn't come off the wall too far, but you would have to have some speed and determination to essentially dive at the window to make this happen. That just seems so unnecessary though. Yeah. Like, like if, just say the window was open and he went out the window. Right. If, if the intent was to, you know, commit self-harm, Right. To your point, would you just open the window, you know? Gosh. Um, this is such a deep episode. I'm Yeah, I'm really just trying to wrap my brain around this too. And man, my instinct just wishes maybe someone was awake at this time. I know it's 2 a.m., but that someone was around to hear it because if this potential theory holds water, one would imagine that the body would have probably hit the ground 
before the window would have even shattered. Because if, if he was killed, thrown, closed, shattered, it would take a bit of time or heavy premeditation to get the sound of the fall and the sound of the glass to, yeah, to get close. Line up or, mm-hmm. yeah. Goodness, that's, wow. Uh, I want to know more about this, uh, this exhumed autopsy. The team also found, okay, here we are. The team also found blows to Olsen's head that occurred before death. The way I imagine you could tell that is if the body would have time to bruise or something of that nature. I I don't know. He's a professional. I'm sure you could tell. Right. The autopsy itself determined that the cause of death was inconclusive due to the circumstances. But that one piece there, it sounds like Olsen took some blows to the head before death occurred, i.e. prior to the fall. I mean, my brain goes real deep and dark with it, but that he took blows to the head and was thrown out the window. And then I'm assuming the, the the overall hope was, you know, the places where he was bruised be shattered on the pavement. Right. Yeah. Right. And then either way, there's like, if not, closed casket, we don't look at it. Right. And at this point, something I should have felt already at by this point Occam's razor, right? Knowing the rest of what happened over the course of the next two decades, it's like, would we be surprised if this was a sinister deed? I don't know. I don't think we would be. Additionally, additionally, uh, I think we can go ahead and back up even further and say, I don't know Dr. Olson, and I imagine the family would have known him quite well. I can't speak to self-harm and um, suicide, but just knowing the symptoms that his, his colleagues saw after the LSD administration, the jitteriness, the distraction, the trouble sleeping, the trouble concentration, the fact that he couldn't even spell, and the fact that this lingered hard enough that he's like, I need to leave, I need to quit. That enough is like enough to put him in the wrong headspace. That enough could be Mm -hmm. a key indicator here anyway. And so it still comes back to the same parties. It still comes back to the same few people Mm -hmm. at the cause. So... Uh, it's like it's almost like splitting hairs. Either whether, way, we're dealing with some, right. in my opinion, again, very sinister people. Yeah, whether it was intended hand, or not, <laughs> it, right? Whether it was handheld, yeah. there were, you know, there's kind of like two lanes, right? Mm-hmm. They handheld to that direction down that path, mm-hmm. or they were the inception of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, again, and I don't mean this in jest, but to use pop culture references, it's very House of Cards like. You know, if you've seen that series, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, to close out here, some believe that due to Olson's deep knowledge of many secret projects and growing frustrations, you know, he tried to quit. He was murdered because he was considered a security threat, that he could leak this project before it even had its legs under it, right? This was 1953, before what amounted to be two decades worth of sinister research. His knowledge of MK Ultra and the fact that he had the highest clearance level available in the CIA could have made him a threat. Perhaps after being drugged with LSD, Olson spoke openly about the projects he had been involved in. Some believe that as someone who studied biological weapons, Olson would have had knowledge whether or not the U.S. used those weapons in, for example, the Korean War. Uh, That perhaps that not only would this project be at threat, but deeper sins of the nation could be opened. Deeper wounds that we maybe don't even know about today could have been opened. The U.S. government has denied all accusations of using bacteriological warfare, though there are still debates on this to this day. Things that I can't speak to, I don't know anything about, Mm -hmm. I admit. But if it were true, 
someone like Olsen would be the person that would know, given his tenure, sure. his experience, and his position at that time. But with that said, that brings us to a close on Project MK Ultra. We have knowledge that many documents are forever missing from this project. It's unlikely that we'll ever uncover the full truth of what Project MKUltra had in store. At the Senate report on MKUltra, Senator Ted Kennedy spoke on the lack of information and said this, quote, The best safeguard against abuses in the future is a complete public accounting of the abuses of the past. And that is somebody who is much more intelligently saying what I was trying to say earlier, right. which is, as dark as it is, as unfortunate as it is, sometimes the truth needs to be out yep. so we can safeguard ourselves against this kind of things happening in the future and know where we're steering as a populace in the future. The CIA did not succeed in creating any mind-controlling drug to our knowledge and claims to no longer be participating in experiments of this kind any longer. What an episode. I know. Holy hell, dude. What a deep dive I, of the new year, man. You woke me right up. That, that, that's up there for one of my favorite episodes. I, 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 it's it's just, top five easy right now. I, I was I was in hyper engaged i just this is going to sound so cheesy but i just want to give like an applause to jillian christian gracie the entire research team for i mean every week for the work you guys do to yeah. put this stuff together and make it easy for us to to do our part but holy goodness Oof. tremendous job i know how nebulous classified documents can be right and so i know how much effort or i i, I assume how much effort went into this yeah at this point research, research. is like 90 95 percent jillian and gracie and i just come in and kind of help on, on occasion but yeah the amount of it's like with this one especially because it's so dense like yeah. that senate hearing that we talked about in the beginning that is uh that's one of the documents that's available to look at and is actually where a majority of the information is mm -hmm. found it's a 173-page document. Goodness. <laughs> the amount Goodness. of stuff yes. that, that needs to be so looked at for something through. like this. Jeez, 173. There's that three again. If this has been your door opening to Red Web, if this has been your first episode to us and you've just decided to join the task force, welcome. And if you've been a task force member of years old, I hope you've enjoyed this one. Let us know what you think. This is, again, to Fernando's yeah. point, I think this is one of our new favorites. I totally agree but let us know what you think. There's a lot to unpack here, a lot of emotions in play, a lot of facts and stones left still untold and to unturn or whatever, but hit us up on social, at mm -hmm. uh, Pod, and if you hit us up on TikTok, it's the Red Web. Of course, we have our email as well, redweb at roosterteeth.com. Thank you all so much, and, and before we close out, we're in the new year. We've talked about this a few times. Uh, Happy New Year, first and foremost, or last and foremost, we've said it a few times now, but um, Squonk, our Squonk plush is out. And as the, at the moment of this recording, Task Force, you always show up. 50% sold out. We made sure to learn from baby hands. You guys sold that out in a day. Yeah. So we really upped the inventory to make sure that everybody who missed out could get in on some squonk action. We've already seen people making some TikToks around squonks. Some very entertaining <laughs> melting. ones. Um, but yeah, store.roosterteeth.com. Squonk is there. Just make sure you click on the red web tab and it'll show all the stuff we got. Uh, but and a little tidbit. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Er Eric, one of our coworkers. Eric Bedore Eric of, Bedour Face Jam of Face fame. Jam. Face <laughs> Jam. Uh, told me to go into the delivery room 
and there is a squonk there that is. Should we go get it now? That is air vacuumed yeah, in a bag. Like shrink wrapped. <laughs> and it is, dude, it is squonk shrink wrapped. And you, if you thought squonk looked sad, there is another level. Oh, and it is literally bad. putting him in a vacuum bag. Can we take a picture of that, that and tweet bad. that? Yeah. Is, it, I, I went, there's no way this could have gotten any sadder, but here it is standing in front of me. I felt like. You, when you go, oh, squonk, I feel yeah. so bad for him. It's like, yeah, and put him in a in a bag yeah, and let's suck out the air. Suck him dry. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, well, you know, if you get him and you place him on a shelf, just don't make eye contact and he won't melt into a pool of water. And if he does, disclaimer, I'm sorry, there's no refunds. Like I, we know, said he, that before, okay? You know, you know what it is. You know what you it is. You look at it, puddle of water. Yeah. So I just, I, you know, I really want to send someone literally just a wet box. <laughs> Oh my god! You got squonked. It's just like a, a little card. <laughs> you got squonked, bro. I want to send them. What you send is like just a bunch of ice, so it keeps it going. Yeah. Oh, it keeps the drip happening. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, like I said, whether you're Red Web Task Force Class of 2020, 2021, or 2023, or 2022, I guess I don't want to skip one year, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hope you had a blast of a holidays. And uh, welcome to the new year. Fredo, I'll see you right back here next Monday for another mystery. Get ready for a lot of content, Task Force. Woo! See y'all later. Later.